SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast. And welcome to the show, this is SEN Baseball, my name's Craig Koenig and plenty to go on at MLB this week, of course, just early days in the season, but things are starting to take shape, but before we get there, joining me behind the microphone today, former Detroit Tiger, Russell Spear. Morning. How are you, mate? Wonderful, thank you. Good How to see you? you, first time this year. Yeah, yeah, I've missed you. Where have you been? Uh, having babies, actually. Going to get to your summer yeah. in just a moment time. Also joining us, rookie this uh, on SEN Baseball, Brendan Wilson, former Anaheim Angel. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, terrific. Missed out last year, so I'm excited for this year. It was good to get both of you guys to come in this particular week. Of course, we'll start with you, Russ. Now, five-time Division One champions, the Essendon Baseball Club. Yeah, yeah. Quite an effort. Especially consecutive. Back-to-back is something. That's rewriting history here. That's what they tell me. It's uh, It was great. I, I did hear you had our uh, esteemed coach in here. Yes, had Pete Giles, but of course... You, Sir, Sir Pete Giles. Sorry, Lord Lord <laughs> yeah, Pete Giles. Lord, yeah. <laughs> um, he's a tough one, of course, as you would well know. He's very humble about what's going on and always plays it down and says the players are terrific and aren't they wonderful. But him coming into the club, what sort of real impact did he have? As I say, five times Division 1 and winning them consecutively is something that's never been done here in Victorian baseball especially but what's what sort of attributes has he brought to the club that's helped you win five straight? Yeah look he, he is wonderful and you're right he's, he's as humble a man as I've ever met but um, I think you know I, I coached uh, the club before Pete and I'm a pretty intense train. Didn't want to bring that up much. Yeah no that's alright we lost three in a row whilst <laughs> I was there and uh, that's okay. So it could have been eight straight wouldn't that have been something? Yeah there is. yeah right but, uh, but look Pete, I think his his, his best attribute is uh, his consistency. He never never gets overawed. He yep. never never gets upset. He's pretty consistent in in, in his attitude and his uh, emotions. But probably the biggest thing is that um, he's allowed the individual to be an individual. It's, yep. it's, we, we play as a team, and it's it's big. Uh, it's all about the team. You don't play for yourself. But outside of that, like blokes like myself and Brett Tamburino, who are a little bit older and um, been around a while, you know, we 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 don't play all year. Yep. We uh, play when we can. We prepare ourselves the best we can, and, yep. and he allows us to be individuals as far as that goes. If it uh, benefits the club yep. uh, in the long run, then fantastic. Um, I will say no more late night phone calls after you win, though. That's Bren- Brendan Wilson again. Uh, welcome. Don't winning, know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> winning uh, part of the Moorabbin Baseball Club, winning the Division Two Championship this year. This now will send you up to Division One next year. A really great year by the club, and you know um, Ben Lokes. Full credit to him. Put the whole sort of team together but a terrific year I think you only lost two games yeah, all year three games I think uh, two in the regular season and one in the finals but it was yeah, it was a fantastic year and all credit to Ben he um, we put together a team of uh, very very good baseball players that all came along and said let's get this club and, and get together to go forward into division one so this was first step uh, winning division two we set out not to lose a game obviously I had a whole bunch of team goals but the goal was to get to division one and yep. take this team and the club with us and and hopefully add some more younger guys as we go so it was a, an exceptional year but the real challenge starts in a, you know in uh, probably January uh, next year, uh, sorry, later this year, so that we can stay in, um, in, Divi- in Division One and continue yeah. forward. Former pitcher, as I mentioned, with the Anaheim Angels, do, do you do much pitching these days? Or, 
old custard arm and now you're a regular player in the field, <laughs> swing the bat, that sort of thing. Do you do much pitching at all? No, I, uh, I threw two innings, or not even completed two innings uh, during the season. I've got injuries now, so I played centre field most of the year. I um, tried to swing the bat as well as I could to just contribute to the team. I was more brought in to be a leader and help the younger pitchers um, and develop that, you know, Division One mentality, so we could go forward for the next year. Old man, now he's an old man. How old are you, Willow? I'm thirty. Oh, you poor bugger. Thirty. <laughs> What's thirty? I, I cannot Jeez. throw the baseball anymore. I it's, can't um, remember thirty. That was so long ago. Now well, I must admit, I, I went past uh, Moorabbin Baseball Club only the other day for whatever reason. I was down that way, and I know, Freddie, you've got a good connection to the club. That. I used to train at that field when I was 10 or 11, you know, with all those little state teams. Yeah. It hasn't changed one bit. One bit. Next year drove, it's going to, I got to, off, but I got off right. the track just to go and have a look, thinking <laughs> I'll, I'll go down a bit of memory lane stuff. Yeah, yeah, It was... Uh, I like things same, same, you yeah, know, we just well, keep it nice and grungy. Changed, mate. Yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> you, you'll see some change next year. The club's actually going really well. But up until that, I think there was they were saying it's like 40 or 50 years since yeah. there's been any change to the to, to the field yeah. or there to is the plans for new, new back net. There right. is some there is some plans for right. for some changes to be made. Divi one now you're playing with the big boys. Yeah, that's you it. We've got to step uh... it up. <laughs> What's the difference? Div- Division two is what about 27, 28 games. Yeah. Division one. Go, this is why you only play half a season. Yeah, <laughs> it's ten games to be. <laughs> the full season gets into the way of the golf. So generally, Christmas onwards is uh, when the real boys come play. Yeah, yeah, it is for us. What is it? A thirty? Thirty odd? Thirty something? Thirty three? No, that would you? Thirty three yeah. games? Yeah, thirty three games. You yeah. might have to get that arm. Oh no, up, it's no good. They had a fairly strong pitching staff. They, I, I reckon there's one one thing that has to happen for Panthers, who, and I think they could really compete. One would be first and foremost, keep the same squad together. Sure. But if you could throw a Nick Veal, who is a, a Moorabbin player, currently over in Perth, I think he's locked yeah. into Perth, unfortunately. If you could add a Nick Veal to that squad, you've got a competitive team in Division 1. And, and you had an import import player yeah. who, who was quite good, Franco wasn't he? Van Derker, yeah, he was yeah. very good. He took out the league MVP, the Cy Young for the league as well. Right. Um, he may be coming back. He's got If he gets some work commitments, then he may not. But uh, at this stage, he's still coming back, which is a huge plus for the club. Let's get to it. The major leagues, of course, this year is underway. I think we're, we're around 15, 20 games in the season long, so 162-game season. Best record in baseball right now, the Chicago Cubs. Um, luckily, JC's not in this week. Loves the Cubs. He is on Phew. the Cubs bandwagon. Really doing a great job are the Cubs. Um, after that, the Washington Nationals, who have been something... Um, so far this season, sitting at eleven and four, Cubs are twelve and four. Arizona have won uh, five straight, and San Francisco have lost five straight just this particular week. But there's so many games that go on as the season goes. Um, Bryce Harper, he's something to behold, Bryce Harper. And before we go anywhere, we're just going to have a listen to one of his shots from this week. Here's Bryce in the series of sack fly, a walk, two for eleven. The Grand Slam, six RBIs. And he takes Kohler deep again. Dead center. It is gone. Bryce Harper, sixth career homer against Kohler. His eighth of the year. It's one nothing Washington. Unbelievable, Bryce Harper, the way he can mash. I think that was his second Grand Slam. Um, second this, career Grand Slam. Second career. Second Grand Slam this season. This season, yeah, and he's he's gone on a tear. He's also just in the last sort of ten days or so. Is he the best player in the game right now, Bryce Harper? Absolutely. 
Right now he is. Uh, he's he's come on. This is coming off an MVP year, and he's just come into this season and he's continued on. And he's better. His numbers are better already than they were last year. And he's the type of guy that will look to maintain it for the whole year. Would he get a game for the Moorabbin Panthers? He just it's, maybe. It's, it's funny you mentioned that question because this right towards I had a particular night with uh, Brennan celebrating their grand final win. It was it was a terrific night. I actually saw him twerking at one You'll stage. You'll do anything for a celebration. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it was mentioned. If Bryce Harper happened to play at Moorabbin, how many home runs would he hit? You've seen that short right field porch. It's like shorter than Yankee Stadium was. He's, and we did some math. Five times 27 games works out to be a lot of home runs. Well, he, his, his average home run distance is over 400 feet, and that f- fence is only about 320. Is, so. is it even 320? I don't think it's 320. I think it's in the 250 range myself. I was able to hit one or two that way, only one or two. But uh, right now, there's no doubt he's probably up there with the biggest show-offs in the game. Where do, you, where do you sit with the flamboyance that comes along with some of these players? Spearsy, come on, come play. Oh, don't get me started on this side. I don't think he's flamboyant. I think he's a, a balls-out player. Yeah, he he plays the game hard every day. He, he puts in, he trains, he runs the ball down, he runs into the walls. Yeah, he might prance around a little bit and make sure his beard's groomed well, but he plays the game hard every day. I And I agree. I, I, and I like the way he goes about his business, to be honest with you. I just... There's, there's times with me, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit old school, yep, yep. that I just feel like we, the blokes with the pill, um, are losing the ability to really um, stand your ground. Yeah. And that's probably where I struggle with I it. agree with that wholeheartedly, is, is, you know, the moment... For example, and I'll just go back to when you were a pup a, a while ago, but there was the intimidation factor. There, there, is a, there is a video called Hardball. Yes. And it, you, you've seen it. And, and it's regards to a lot of it's about home plate, playing baseball hard essentially, but a lot of it's about the pitcher owning mm-hmm. certain parts of the plate and the hitter owning certain parts of the plate. And there comes the mind games between the two about who's allowed to pitch inside. And 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 the umpire has to make a split-second decision to decide, was that intentional, that ball that got away? The pitcher stands there and goes, oh, slipped. You know, that one just got away from me. But the umpire, you know, warning of guys, I think they're too quick to jump to that was intentional. Yeah. Uh, rather than a human error that comes into it. Sometimes I think that can get misconstrued by the umpire. And I, and I, and I do believe that um, you know these guys are you know, Major League Baseballs, no matter what level you play at, and, and they practice this and they fine point being able to throw a ball over a, you know, a plate and, and hit, uh, hit areas of the plate consistently. Mm-hmm. Every now and then the ball does slip. Willow, you've been a pitcher. Oh, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that you seem to be sitting on the hitter side here, but... I'll, I'll, That's what I mean, he's I'll, turned the yeah, custard well, arm so, and now he's yeah, a hitter, he thinks. Oh, so I was Bryce fortunate enough to learn from you, Russell, and I remember you telling me one thing, and that was that when I'm standing on the mound with the ball, nothing can happen. So I'm in complete control. And I've always tried to convey that to the people that I teach now. But I think exactly what uh, Frida said, in Major League Baseball... People are scared now because if you hit a guy or if you are seen to throw at a guy, you get publicly chastised in, in the media, and it's horrible. And social media. There's, social there's media wannabe journalists just yeah. go crazy with all and that so, stuff. But so I don't, maybe I don't, they don't want to hit the best guy in baseball because if they are the guy that hits him and hurts him and he's out of the game, then you know that's 
career ending for them as well. Yeah, I, and I and I understand and I agree. And I, I'm not talking about hitting blokes, but I'm talking about commanding yeah. that inside part of the plate. I'm command, commanding that ball that's up at someone's chin because you know what? You get out of the way of those things. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I, to me, that that's the presence that people need. Like, I agree. How do the the Nolan Ryan's and the and the Kurt Schilling's and and those animals, yeah. you know, that have come up, they lived in there. We're going to come back to Kurt Schilling in a moment. Nothing right. to do with his pitching, but just on that in that particular um, hardball that video there you know this is the way the game used to kind of be and now has changed a little Bob Gibson famously nasty pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals back in the day he had a teammate who apparently they were good buddies and the way that his teammate used to hit he used to sort of dive across the plate a little bit throw his wing in there try and get it nicked and got Gibson said to him you ever get traded and play for another team I'll break your arm if you throw your arm in there, I'll break it. Well, of course, that happened. The player went on and got tried. And Bob Gibson went out there, and he says in the video, I, I tried to hit him, I got him, and I broke his arm. And the guy was out of the game for six months with a broken arm. So now it's completely changed. You would find, yes, the player would still be out six months with a broken arm, but you'll find Bob Gibson would be suffering a probably a long suspension or something like that for for throwing intentionally at a guy. As I say, back in the day you could get away with it, not so much now. And in your mind who's who's in the wrong, Frida? Who's in the wrong? Uh political correctness. Yeah, come on. Um I think hitters are in the wrong. In in that situation, Gibson, you know, the bloke who... Because we allow also hitters, remember Barry Bonds in his day, would go up with elbow guard, yeah. with a guard here yeah. and a guard there. If if I'm a hitter and I'm standing in there with that kind of protection on, you can throw everything at me. It ain't going to hurt. Yeah. You learn to deflect balls and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So if they're going to if they're going to instantly react to pitches about whether they think it was intentional or not, they need to limit the amount of protective gear that hitters can go to bat with. That's interesting. Because so much of baseball, as you know, Yogi Berra said, ninety percent mental, fifty the other fifty percent's physical. <laughs> you you need to have that intimidation factor as a pitcher. You wanna you want the hitter to know that I can come inside and get you if I want to. That's why I own the outside of the plate. So you need to have that mental thing going on. So it's interesting we talk about that at the moment because they talk about this being a pitcher-driven era at the moment. There's less hitting, pitchers are dominating, more strikeouts than ever. Yet we talk about here, we're sitting here saying that there's a guy that's hitting home runs free will and no, and no one's actually scared to throw at him. So the pitchers are better, but they have lost the ability to intimidate or yep. are they scared to pitch inside because they're, it, they're it, controlling it. If the pitcher's standing on the hill going, I'm not allowed to go inside because I know the umpire's on me for whatever reason or the way he reads the, the landscape of the game at the moment, <laughs> and so the pitcher says, right, all I can do is either feed it straight down the tube or the outside edge, hitters get on that. They understand he's not coming inside. Now, as a pitcher, what is the number one factor that you have to be able to do to be successful in your craft? Throw strike. Throw inside. <laughs> yeah, command it inside. You have you have to be able to throw inside to hitters, otherwise the hitter's going to lean out there all day. But the, and and that's that's probably where I come from. If if a pitcher has to um, go to battle throwing strikes you know and that's what we do and we talk about losing the ability to throw the ball inside and yeah. and the hitter's comfortable enough to to know that the bloke's not going to come in here and hurt me I can go out and get something why do they get the uh, opportunity to showboat and throw it around where the pitch doesn't have any opportunity to retaliate yeah 
That's for me. That's no, where I agree. I, that's where and, I and I think that's that goes back to the intimidation. You throw the ball inside. You take four or five steps down the down the mound. You walk, grab the ball, stare at the hitter, and get back on the hill and throw it in there again. Yeah. And now try and make him look silly. But now you get a million hits on social media. Yeah. Go, how's he staring him down? Yeah. What's he doing that for? Because the general public. And I, and I mean this as nice as possible, general public, sometimes don't know what it's like to stand in the batter's box and have 95 to 100 fizzing around your ears. It is a real intimidation factor. And and from the other side of that, being on a mound, having a bloke who's six foot six swinging a stick that's uh, as hard as he can trying to murder a baseball, it, it's um, that also. And can when he be... hits it four hundred feet and flips his bat thirty in the it's air also and trots, well, you could turn into a gum card, isn't? <laughs> Batista's has turned into a gum card, that's and blokes it. are getting it tattooed on their body yeah. and all sorts of stuff. But uh, we've got to go to a break shortly. The uh, Clubby that producers here is getting on my case, but you mentioned Kurt Schilling in there. Now, Kurt Schilling has been sacked by ESPN. We're not going to get into this, guys, because it is a very sensitive issue with the uh, the way the world is right now, but interesting to see uh, Kurt Schilling was fired for uh, what personally I see as, as, as somewhat of an insignificant kind of tweet, but there is a long history and long background to Kurt Schilling leading up to this particular point. Uh, obviously, ESPN have just said, enough's enough, you're done. You're entitled to an opinion, I think, but his opinion seems to be err on the wrong side of um, conservative that ESPN are willing to put up with. Yeah, they, they uh, didn't take kindly to it, and, and I think, Russ, as you mentioned um just off air is also there would be a million players lining up to want to be an analyst for ESPN. So, you know, from ESPN's point of view, they, they've made the, their choice. They're going to stick by it and they'll have guys lining up to audition to be a new analyst on ESPN. He got more chance. I mean, he, he made some mistakes earlier and he got more chances because he's pitched with the bloody sock. He's got um, six all-star appearances. He's done some legendary he's done some things. things. Yeah. So that's probably why they kept him. They moved him from Sunday Night Baseball to Monday Night Baseball as an analyst. But you know, enough obviously was enough for ESPN. Yeah, they had enough. And, um, terrific stuff. All right, that's the end of uh, segment now. We're going to go to a short break. You're listening to SEN Baseball. Selex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enables projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Selex Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Selex Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating surface and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Selex Recoating Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selexrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And welcome back to SEN Baseball, guys. Of course, still on Major League Baseball. The Chicago Cubs did say on the outset, uh, currently leading baseball, best record, uh, 12 wins and 4 losses. I raised the name Jake Arrieta, who was absolutely phenomenal in the latter part of last season going into playoffs and things for the Chicago Cubs, but comes out this week and throws a no-hitter. Phenomenal performance, and the guys, obviously their ace, uh, is the third third shorter span between no-hitters. He's got nine games between no-hitters. Of course, he's second one he threw nine starts ago. 
but uh, Johnny Vandermeer has d- did it in consecutive starts, but that's back at the turn of the century, some old-timer where they used to throw a rock around and not play with <laughs> real baseballs. But Jake Arrieta, uh, Willow, you watched a bit of Chicago Cubs. Um, Jake Arrieta is pretty good. He's outstanding. He pitches, he hides the ball well, he pitches with a lot of presence, which we were talking about earlier. He uh, commands four pitches, and he is outstanding. And we saw last year he won the Cy Young uh, for the National League, and then yeah. he comes out this year, and he's just been dominant. I think it's 20, 24 starts. I think 20 of those have been quality. Uh, it's one of the longest spans in, in um, history as well. So yeah. he's just proving, and when you continue to put games like this together, you're going to continue to have these type of results and no hitters in a short time frame. We talk about some guys having a no hitter once in their career, yeah. and it's a it's an odd event because they might be a soft tossing lefty or, or something, but uh, he just continues to put quality starts together, so then he's going to continue to have these results. And like I said, his teammates say that they expect him to pitch like this every game because that's the person he's become um, after being really a nobody I guess two or three years ago yeah. he's put together now a year and a half or, or so of just outstanding pitching. Do you put him in the discussion of the best pitchers in the game currently? Besides this isolated game no hit is always exceptional but is, is he in the conversation as the best pitchers in the game right he now? He's in the top three or four pitchers right now in the game around with uh, Clayton Kershaw and Zach Reinke you know he is up there um, and you, he will continue to be probably for another four or five years but right now absolutely. Hey Willow just, just elaborate on, on quality start to me, that's seven innings, three runs or less. Yeah, absolutely. That, you're spot on. Where you sit? The, the Major League metric. My, my metric coming up when I was taught was seven innings, two runs or less. I believe the Major League metric that they used for these stats, which our game is full of, mate, is a lot of stats, is um, seven innings and three runs, eight innings, two runs, something like that. Eight innings, three runs, right. seven innings, two runs, something around that. So you're saying, what was the number again? 24? 24 stars. So just to sort of break this down, you're saying that Jake. Arietta has gone to pitch 24 times and essentially has thrown seven innings and given up less than three runs in 24 starts. I think it was 17 starts he's done that in 17 consecutive. So out of those 24 starts, he's had a record of 20 and one. He lost. It was still a quality start. But I think he yeah. had 17 consecutive quality starts. That's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. And this bloke, I mean, he's, this is sixth season in the league. You know, he's only 30. Yeah. He's, he's still a pup, really. I know Willow can't throw over a jam tin anymore, but this bloke's only 30. He's, he can still, yeah. still get it he's done. Got, he's, he's had some injuries, but he's, his arm is, a, is essentially fresh for being a 30-year-old. I mean, yeah. he's pro- he's, I think he's under 1,000 career innings. So... Uh, he's got 10 years possibly left. So is he, is he really just broken into the big leagues in the last couple of years? Where does he well, kind six, of come from? If, he, if he hasn't thrown a lot of innings. Uh, six years he's been, but he's had injuries. He's bounced around up up and down from AAA to the major leagues. The, two years ago, he had a four ERA and was 11 and 11, I think, for the Cubs. Yep. And last year he goes 20 and one and wins a Cy Young. Yeah. It's fair to say something clicked. Something has clicked. <laughs> and, and just stick with us. We're just going to have a listen to that final out of Jake Arrieta's no hitter. Here comes the 2 2. In the air, this should do it. Jason Hayward makes a catch. It's a no hitter. Jake Arietta has done it again. Terrific stuff there for uh, Jake Arietta and the Chicago Cubs, a no hitter. I think it's the first one this season to this particular point, Speezy. Uh, I, I was talking to Brendan off, off air about. Um, you know Jake Arrieta and 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 his physique. You know this, this guy is ripped. You know he he looks like yeah. We were talking about it before when when I played the the body was the big horse, the yeah. big guy, yeah. the big shoulders, the 
big bum, you yeah. know, the big legs. They, you, it, to, you all you all look like Botola Cologne. Yeah, is that was, what you're saying? Perfect, well, Russell, <laughs> Russell was brought up, and when he was 16, his mum brought him a calf, and yeah. he carried it around <laughs> the farm yeah, every day, yeah, and yeah. he just got bigger and bigger. And yeah, that's and you yeah. got Nolan Ryan. He's There's a guy down Frank's used to carry, carry anvils. Anvil. Anvil. Yeah, they had a competition to carry an anvil around a footy field. Right. And he just killed everybody. Yeah, just... farmers walk. Yeah, he was a but, killer. But it's, it's funny how you look at this bloke, in, in compared to those guys that I I thought about, was, you know, the Nolan Rhines, the Kurt Schillings, the Roger Clemens. They were just big guys, big, big guys. But you look at Jake Arrieta and, and, and a lot of guys now, they they just look unbelievably athletic. They yeah. they look like, you know, crossfitters of Absolutely. today, don't they? Like, I mean, and they yeah. talk about their fitness regimes, are that? They run... They lift weights. They don't power lift, so they keep the elasticity in their we, bodies. We touch touch base with Liam Hendricks, Australia's Liam Hendricks yeah. for the Oakland A's. He is another one. Yeah, um, we were actually crossing to the Rogers Centre shortly, but he was when we talked to him last week. He was big on the Pilates. Yeah, he said Pilates had really helped him in the off season. Of course, his velocity has jumped in the last say eighteen months to two years, and he's really in the mid to high ninety range now but he was big on the Pilates and said it really helped him and it's really changed I mean I know it's been a long time since I played pro ball but um, when I was there it was like you know go into the gym and learn to squat a house you know that's, yeah. that's what they wanted you to do yeah. you know how, how, how much weight can you lift and yeah. that's, the more weight you lifted the, the better you were going you know we had guys trying to squat four four five hundred pounds yeah. back yeah. then and it's now it's like if you can do 50 reps at 220 pounds that's better for what you what you need so you're telling me I've got strong legs because I carry that round every day <laughs> how do you go getting hey. out of bed like that <laughs> yeah. picture? Hey, stick with us we're heading uh, straight after the break we're going to go to the Rogers Centre where uh, Scott Nealis thanks to homerunsports.com He's uh, in the stadium right now, the Liam Hendricks and the Oakland Athletics taking on the Toronto Blue Jays from the Rogers Centre. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this. Celix Recoating Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enable projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Celix Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoating Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selixrecoatingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And thanks for joining us, Scott Neal is coming to us from the Rogers Centre where Liam Hendricks and the Oakland A's are taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. Scott, just uh, the game's underway now. Just give us a, a recap of where the game's at right now. Game just in, uh, just started the uh, the first inning. The A's got a couple on with a hit-by-pitch and a couple hits, scored a run, and... Uh the new shortstop, Ryan Going, replacing Tulowitzki tonight, made a nice play to end the inning and save a couple runs. So the Jays are down one nothing after the top of the first. And you mentioned Tulowitzki there not playing tonight. Uh, his backup is uh, is standing in there at shortstop. How's Tulo fit into the club there in Toronto? Of course, he came across halfway through last year. What's the impact he had there in Toronto? I think as a, as a shortstop, I don't think you find too many better shortstops than uh, he makes uh, the fantastic play look very routine and, and does it on a day-in and day-out basis. Uh, one of the things he's really struggling with is uh, this whole Blue Jays club, especially Tulowitzki, are getting a lot of opportunities to drive and run, move runners around, and they're just striking out at a, an inordinate rate that uh, has surprised a lot of people. But Tulo in particular uh, has been taking a lot of bad swings, and 
it might just be one of those days where they say, hey, you know what, take a night off, uh, have a, have a look see from the dugout, and uh, maybe clear your head and we'll get back at her tomorrow. Hey, Scott, uh, Aaron Rose here with SCN America, a fellow Canadian. Um, you, you yeah, talked about yeah, you talked about how some of the Blue Jays are struggling right now. One of the guys who isn't is Josh Donaldson. We had a conversation earlier over here about uh, who is, is really the best in the game. There are a lot of young players in the game right now um, with Machado, Trout, Harper. Where do you think Donaldson fits in there? A little bit older, but still a lights-out third baseman. It's one of those things that uh, we've spent a lot of time watching Donaldson over the last year and early this season, and you really have to admire his effort and attitude throughout the season. Uh, he brings it nonstop. There is no wasted at-bats. He gives it 110% in the field. Uh, I mean, how do you rate these guys? They're all so... Uh, they're, they're such amazing ball players and, and, and bring so many strengths in their own rights, but I mean, how do you compare when you when you start throwing names around like Trout and Machado and Donaldson? They're all just great ball players, and, and just to be grouped up in that group is pretty special. Uh, Scotty, you're also uh, another one that did have an impact. David Price came across for half a season last year, but this year has moved across to the Boston Red Sox. How do the local fans see when players come and go like that? As I said, Price was really good in the second half of the year, didn't succeed so much come the playoffs, and then moves on to a big club for big money. How do the local fans feel about players moving on like that? Well, the thing about David Price is it's what he brings on the field is a given. He's one of the top pitchers in the league and did outstanding for the days and obviously spent a pretty special time with him last fall. The biggest thing about a guy like David Price is he's a quality person that has impact on and off the field. And I think that positive atmosphere in the clubhouse is created due in part to what he brings to the club. And I think even the, the short time that he was here, he rubbed off on guys like Stroman and, and Sanchez that have that high energy and, and, and positive attitude that, that ripples through the club. People were absolutely distraught that we didn't throw the back up the, the, the money truck when, when Price was going out for $30 million a year or whatever it was. Uh, but the bottom line is you can only pay so many guys so much money. And uh, with, with a guy like Price, you knew that whatever you had to offer, someone was going to offer more. So it really was no point getting any bidding for Last year, uh, Chris Colabello played a, a, an outstanding role for the team, and uh, today, obviously, we've heard that he's just been suspended for 80 games for breaching the Major League Baseball drug policy. What's the feeling there in, in Rogers Centre today? Well, I don't think anybody is more surprised because one of the things they talked about, if ever you saw a guy that was not going to get busted for some sort of steroid, it would be Chris Colabello. I had the chance to talk to him in Montreal a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of surprised or underwhelmed with his size. He just appears to be a much bigger guy, but he was lean, almost looked more like a marathon runner than a big home run hitter. And uh, he came up to the independent leagues, and it's quite a, a story that he just kept plugging at it, plugging away. And it was a really feel-good story that he finally got the opportunity to have a great season in the Bates, and then all of a sudden this happens. And I think uh, you got to think that it contributed. He's been off to a terrible start, and rumor has it that uh, his tests were in March 13th. So uh, basically for the whole season, he knew he was getting the 80 games, so that had to contribute to his uh, ineffectiveness so far. Hey, Scott. Um, we had a conversation last week with Liam Hendricks, an Australian baseball player who's actually might get into the game today in the Rogers Centre. You played uh, 
over here in Australia and back home in Canada. Can you compare the Australian Baseball League with Canadian Baseball and American Baseball? Yeah, it's it's tough. I know that uh, in getting back there a couple of years ago to watch the Australian League, the Australian League has changed. It's gotten younger. It's gotten better. They're putting more time and effort. You got to remember when I played, guys like Fritter and guys like me played. It can't be that good. So, boy, we partied hard though. <laughs> we, we had a great time and we won. So you couldn't ask for anything else. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, very impressed with. Uh, the Australian League and, and the sort of direction that they've taken. Baseball is baseball no matter where you play it. Uh, I mean, the Australians have a great uh, reputation for being, uh, being rugged and, and giving it 110% at all times, and I think that's why the Australians and the Canadians are always considered so similar, uh, because we have that same sort of attitude and, and reputation. We have a lot more leagues out here and a lot of variety of leagues, uh, but for the most part, uh, very similar attitudes, and uh, a lot of great ball players coming out of both countries. Scotty, the, um, there has been some talk, and this is uh, it's a long way off actually really happening, but there's been some talk about expanding Major League Baseball teams and possibly getting a, a team back in Montreal. Was the old Expos that moved on to be the Washington Nationals, I believe. Um, is it, What would be the feeling there? Do you think Montreal is now set and could host and keep a Major League team? Man, I grew up an Expos fan, and it's one of those things that you'd love to see a team there. But uh, reality is, uh, the Olympics is awful. It's uh, it, you didn't even feel comfortable sitting in it, and both games sold out with fifty-five thousand people. But it was just one of those stadiums that you know has to be replaced. So if they even entertained ideas of getting a team, they'd have to build a new stadium. And uh, there's just there's a lot of hurdles to jump, and quite honestly is there enough pitching in the minors and all the leagues to uh, add more major league teams? I don't know that there is. Um, all right, Scotty. Well, um, thanks very much. Just give us a, a, a latest on the game right now. I think you said the Jays were up one nothing. Uh, A's, A's were up one nothing. Jays won 3 up, 3 down in the bottom of the first. So after one, the A's were up one nothing. Awesome, mate. Really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, make sure you root for Liam Hendricks if he comes into the game where's that green and gold for us uh, but appreciate you coming on, thanks to Home Run Sports, get them at homerunsports.com you're on SEN Baseball we're now going to go to an interview with Mick Aldis from uh, started a new club up in northern New South Wales and welcome to the show Mick Aldis, former Geelong legend, I believe the name Aldis is uh, synonymous down there Geelong Saints way but uh, Mick you've just moved up to northern New South Wales and started a new club up there. I believe you just had the launch this week. Can you tell us a little bit about how this new club, the Armidale Outlaws, came about? Yeah, sure. Thanks, guys, and uh, and thanks for having us. Um, look, we um, um, I moved up here a little while ago for, for work, and um, uh, finding, finding baseball uh, is a bit tricky in country New South Wales, so um, I played in Tamworth, and then we basically got... Uh, a few guys together locally here it was about June of last year uh, and had a had a bit of a chat to to see whether we could field a a local Armadale team to play against the Tamworth guys and um, you know here we are nine months later we've got uh, 27 people signed up to play uh, we're actually putting three three teams into the competition so we're adding about 30 percent uh, player numbers and um, and it's just taken off. Mick, Russell Spear here, mate. How are you? 
Good, good, Speedy. Jeez, uh, this thing I watch it on social media. It's it's really grown some legs. Uh, I know, uh, I know the type of determined fellow you are. Is this just purely because you couldn't be bothered travelling to Tamworth and you wanted a game <laughs> closer to home? Or uh, well, look, you know, it's selfish reasons. You know, it, not many people are going to pick a forty-eight-year-old to play in their A-grade <laughs> team anymore. So <laughs> I had to build my own. But uh, no, we uh, look. I I um, I just love the game and. I chatted to a few guys and, and I could see that they were passionate and you know that one of the one of the greatest things we haven't played a competitive game yet but we one of the greatest things has been guys who have come up to me and said you know I thought my baseball was over I'm living here in Armadale and he's and they've said thanks for bringing it back you know thanks for getting baseball going again and that's that to me is is all the reward I need already um, you know and and as you say you know it's it's grown legs Nine months ago, we sat and talked about it. On social media the other day, I had three people at Dodgers Stadium who didn't know each other, all with an Outlaws cap on, and and posting stuff saying, hey, I'm at the game. Two guys were 50 metres apart. And and just just amazing. It's, it's you know, without social media, this, this would never have happened. Mick, Brendan Wilson here. Just talk yes, us through the, uh, the Outlaws. How did you come up with that name? Yeah, look... Um, there's a local legend here. His name's uh, Captain Thunderbolt. He sort of roamed around. Really? Captain Thunderbolt? Yeah, a hundred odd years ago. There was a self-named thing. He was Fred Fred Ward was his name. So I think he had to, had to think of something catchy. Um, so he, he roamed around and uh, um, was a bit of a, a bush ranger uh, about uh, the late 1800s. And um, so halfway between here and Tamworth, there's a town called Urella. Uh, that has a statue for, for him, and um, we're good at celebrating our bush rangers, aren't we? Um, yes, yeah, so I was going to say he must have been an old drinking buddy of Ned Kelly yeah, or something, yeah. was he? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we looked at we looked at that as a as a uh, as an option, um, but there's already a Tamworth Thunderbolts, uh, a basketball team, um, and uh, and being a Victorian up here in uh, in South in. Uh, New South Wales. I couldn't call us the Mexicans, um, but um, uh, we we looked at a play on words. We couldn't be the bandits, um, and uh, and outlaws popped up, and and that that sounded okay. Uh, Mick, now the next question's coming from one of your owners, so tread oh, very okay. carefully, yeah. mate. Yeah. Tread carefully. <laughs> very good. Mick, Xavier player here. Uh, yeah, okay. I was going to bring up the co-ownership thing, but uh, thanks to Fritter for getting in early on that. <laughs> One of the best parts about seeing this unfold is how the co-ownership has sort of come about. For our listeners yeah. who aren't really aware of, of that side of it, can you give us a brief rundown? Sure, sure. Look, um, part of obviously starting up a new club, and, and most of the people in the room there know how, how much money is required and, and, and the work required to get a club going. Um, we looked at saying, okay, how do we get people involved? How do we get lo- local people to, to buy into this? Um, we had the caps made and, and the caps were looking pretty sweet. And um, so we, we thought about an idea to say, okay, kick in a hundred bucks and you get a cap and, and you become a co-owner. Um, in the first week of doing that, we got about five locals to, to throw some money in. And um, and I was aiming at about a thousand bucks. I thought, look, if I get 10 people to do this, that's great. Um, about a week in, um, I happened upon late at night um, a blog, uh, a minor league blogger called Benjamin Hill, and uh, he 
he basically um, picked up our story. I commented on a, a minor league team that was having trouble getting their ground ready. And I said, look, if you want a story, I said, we've got a, uh, an Australian story here for you, which, which might be interesting. He jumped on top of that and said, yeah, send me some info. Um, I've got to thank Kingsley Collins, who, who really got the ball rolling with some, some media and some really great stories to, to be able to, to get the, the ground uh, moving on it. Um, anyway, I sent that to Benjamin Hill. He, he posted overnight a story about us. And I went to bed with $600 on a, a GoFundMe page and woke up with three and a half grand. Wow. And, and all these people from the US who I had no idea who they were, um, were putting their hand up for, for a, a co-ownership. We now have 76, um, of which uh, Xavier is one of. Yep. Um, we've got about 30 in the US. Um, we've got one guy in Austria. I don't know whether he, he read the read the wording wrong. I don't know whether he thought the team was in Austria. Um, but he's a he's baseball nut. Um, and and some local and, um, you know, a lot of Australian guys around who, who just love their baseball who said, yeah, look, you know, happy to be involved. So, um, you know, seven and a half grand later, um, you know, we've given some caps out and given some certificates and we've even sold some tops that we had surplus. Um, and it's it's just gone, gone nuts. And, um, you know... Um, a lot of a lot of that, a lot of the um, the co-owners don't realise it, but without them, you know, this this wouldn't have this wouldn't have got the step up that it needed at the right time to to go ahead. Mick, the University of uh, New England, I believe, is where the the ground is based. You had your official launch this week, is it? And the season gets going shortly. Yeah, yeah, we've got some trial games today down in in Tamworth. Just uh, just a. Uh, dust the cobwebs off but um our season kicks off next week uh the uni's been great we've got a we've got a fantastic ground it's a a little reminds me a little bit about my old old ground at um preston there at the at la trobe uni um we do have uh we've got a couple of groundsmen who who are working five days a week on uh on getting it up to um to, to a great standard um, they're loving the challenge. They're used to rugby and soccer fields, and, uh, and they're loving the challenge of a baseball field. Um, we've got, we've almost got the net, um, the back net up and complete. Uh, that'll be done this week. Um, shout out to, to Rose Valley Steelworks and uh, Gator Sporting Products in Queensland that are doing all that for us. Nice work, Mick. Nice uh, work, Matt. <laughs> got to, got to get the sponsors in. Um, but yeah, now we had our launch this week at uh, at the White Bull, uh, which is our local pub. And uh, and that was great. We were able to get uh, get all the, the, the Guernseys together. Um, we had some sponsors there. We had our local member Adam Marshall, uh, with, who's with the New South Wales Parliament. He's actually working hard to get us uh, some funding as well to, to finish off the, the work, so that uh, so that we don't have to dip into our own coffers too much. And um, yeah, look, the, the local support has been amazing. Um, you know, it's it is. They love their sport up here, as, as a lot of country towns do, and, and the, the country town thrives on sport. And I um, wasn't sure how we'd go with baseball, but, you know, we've had guys come out of the woodwork. We've got, uh, um, funnily enough, there's a, a local lecturer here in uh, in science. His wife emailed me and he said, she said, look, my, my husband loves baseball. He'd love to have a game again. His name has been Greytrex. Yeah. Oh, the old Great Treks family, yeah. Yeah, I said, you, you've got to be the Great Trekkers from South Australia, and, and they've now made our uniform tops. Um, okay, yeah, so, they, they've uh, been in that business for a while, and they well, based yeah, on baseball they goods, have, yeah. They have early, early 70s, I believe. But, um, you know, stuff like that has just 
you know, has just popped up at the right time, and 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 we've got we've got some great guys playing. We've got Josh Shaw who played Queensland under 18s, um, and and is probably one of uh, would be our best thrower. Um, we've got Brad Smith who played um, representative baseball on Central Coast. Um, and just just a lot of guys who who've either played at some stage or have loved the game and are coming back again, um, as well as a handful of students who are playing for the first time, and that's that's great to see as well. Now, Mick, uh, you'll be mayor of Armidale soon enough. Um, <laughs> you'd be their favourite son. Look, doing all this and putting all this effort in, mate. Surely, surely you can get a Guernsey as uh, starting pitcher, batting three, first game up. Well, look. We, we do have a home game on the 21st of, uh, of May. Um, we were hoping to get the guys from um, Sports Broadcasting Australia. They were going to come up and broadcast it live on live stream. They've been pulled away to uh, to another another ground um, uh, championships, I think, in South Australia. But uh, they will come and come and do a game one day for us and uh, and live stream it. But uh, look, I'm 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 sneaking in there, busy. I've got. Uh, I've gone and got some new born bats, and um, uh, I'm, I'm looking after the good ones, and they're in my kit. So uh, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to uh, to get out there and, and, and get in amongst it. I'm sort of hiding a bit at first base these days, just to uh, just to keep my eye in. And uh, I'm, I'm loving the fact I've got a few other pitches to help out. Mick, what's going to be the easiest way for people who aren't in Armidale or around the region to keep up with uh, news and scores from the team? Yeah, look, probably um, probably the Armadale baseball uh, Facebook site. Um, we've got over 500 people on there, um, and that's that's probably the easiest way at this stage. Uh, so if they jump on Armadale baseball on Facebook, um, if they want to be a co-owner, um, we still we've now set our sights at maybe getting 100 by the end of the year, um, just to uh, just to round that off. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, there's plenty of opportunity. Uh, we'd we'd love to see. You know, lots of people come to our games. I know there's a few co-owners down there, um, and Adrian Kelly is one of them, and uh, uh, who's uh, who's talking about uh, coming up here for a road trip one day, Spearsy. So there might be a seat in a in a car for you. It's a but, shame um, you can't choose your owners, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's there's a handful of guys who are who are saying, look, you know, that might be a um, one hell of a road trip at some stage to come up and, and see a game and. Uh, and we'd be we'd be very accommodating to anyone who would like to come up, but uh, it is a long trip. Um, but look, you know, we we're just um, wrapped that we've got so many people out there that have thrown their support behind us. Not often you get a new baseball club pop up, and certainly not in uh, in country New South Wales, especially. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been great, and um, you know, just the support you know from from baseball people all around. You know, we've had gear, we've had. We've had lots of stuff sort of land our way, and um, and it's nice to be able to uh, uh, for people to be able to contribute in in any way they can. Uh, Mick, really appreciate you coming on the show this morning, mate. Uh, congratulations on getting the Armadale Outlaws up and running. As you mentioned, uh, people can check you out on Facebook and via websites and, and get involved with the club. But really appreciate you coming on the show this morning, mate. Good luck with it all. Wonderful. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Much appreciated. And great show today, guys. Uh, thanks for participating in the show. Russell Spear, thanks very much for coming on SEN Baseball. Thank you, Frida. Thank you, gentlemen. I think it's your shout for the coffees. Absolutely. I'm up for it. And Willow, thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate Pleasure it. Pleasure to be here. Had a great time. Looking forward to next time. Absolutely, mate. Well, that's all we have for you today on SEN Baseball. But uh, make sure you tune in next week. And uh, we'll be back here again 
with more SEN Baseball. Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.